All right, welcome back to Relay. We are here on Relay. This is so excited. This is the host New York City Marathon edition. Tommy Runs is in the house after having run New York City. Kapuzi is here and Peter Bromka as well after watching New York City in person. I can't wait to get the full download. I guess first we have to go over to Tommy. Tommy, where in the world are you right now? And what were your initial reactions to the weekend? Okay, um, I am in the world of um, Tommy Runs' basement um, back in Michigan, safely, uh, safe and sound from the busy streets of New York. Um, my first responses to the weekend was, you know, as a as a whole, the weekend was amazing. Um, New Balance treated my friends and I very, very well throughout the whole process. Um, got to do a really cool panel thing. It was just a really great time. Got to meet so many people. Um, I feel like there's like almost no losing in this like game, kind of. Um, you know, you have a bad day, maybe on race day or a good or a good day. Either way, people love you and say hello and talk about how you affect their lives and stuff like that. I got so many uh, people come up to me asking for pictures. Um, one person was like, "Hey, Kafuzi, how are you?" And I'm like, "I'm that's not me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but you know, like people came up to me and said that they watched me on relay or listen to me on relay. Some people said they listened to my podcast. Some people are happy about PR project being there. So it was just really great. All in all, like it was just a win, win, win all the way around. Uh, race day did not go as well as I planned for it to. Um, but I think that that's kind of like the way it goes sometimes when you are running, um, and whether you're going out. And trying to get like your the craziest goal ever, or you're just trying to have some fun on a certain day, like it doesn't always have to go. It doesn't end up always going the way you plan for it to, no matter what you're doing. So, I definitely went for it um, again, and I'm gonna keep doing that because, like, I feel like that's the way that I want to do this for for a while and see how it works out. And I saw Peter along the way somewhere, <laughs> um, and he, you, I think you, Peter, like it was like good to see you because it was like at the time when I definitely. I don't know if I, like, I needed you to be there, but like some of the stuff you said, like, hey, bro, just, you know, find your breath, find the thing, you know, and it was just cool. It was just good to see you kind of run with you for a little bit. Um, and yeah, man, it was it was a crazy day. It was a nice moment. I uh, what I think I was maybe yelling just like, go, go to someone ahead of you. Yeah. And you were like, and I bro, was like, yeah, bro, I was like, bro, like, what about me? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, you know, like the stream of runners, it's just um it can get overwhelming. I was almost trying to practice, like, how do you look and at the pack so that you don't just like have it all blur together. But um, yeah, it was a tough moment there. I mean, just to revisit that, I, I think I've talked about how like, I think ultra races are kind of wonderful and dramatic because it stretches out these moments. Like if you would come into an aid station, a planned aid station at mile 18, it would have been ripe with drama, you know, because you w could talk like, very clearly but you're like bro like something's up like it's not on yes yeah. i don't know and i it was hard i mean it's it's an emotional moment where you're like oh you just i'm gonna find out you know how's my buddy doing can i like pace him to be picking up the pace and picking people off oh no we're gonna be like dipping into all the strategies so yeah i thought like if that was an aid station that lasted two minutes and we had to give you a pep talk that's where you end up with those like long uh videos that you know go viral of friends supporting each other but in marathoning it's just like it happens and i'm like hey man take that gel and i forget if it was you or someone else who was struggling behind you i'm like remember like people don't really care like really was, about your me. time right now you know yeah, it's like me, yeah. yeah yeah it's like sticking it um i had to say that to a couple of people along that long northern route you know going all the way up first to the bronx is like yeah yeah stay in it stay in it so yeah no, I mean, it was like, it, cause it was kind of funny, though, because you didn't see me. Um, and like so many things went through my mind at that point. I was like, yeah, because there's so many people that look like me right here. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure like you just so, so easily overlooked. But like you were like, because I think you were tapped in with somebody and then you turn around like to try to kind of get back to your like, you know, like your locked in position to get ready for more people. Um, but I'm just really glad like that I was able to like see it was you and then say hello. And then you kind of, you, you know, kind of helped me out there for a bit. Um, but yeah, like it was. It was one of those days where it's like, 
you know, in, in Boston in 2022, like I, I had put so much like on that race of like it needed to be ex- everything, like all of my dreams and better. And it wasn't. So it was just a miserable time the entire way. Like there was no moment of like of having any fun, no matter what people said. It was just like this stupid, dumb, like long drawn out drama, you know? And I just I did like vowed that I'd never do that again. And 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 it was just really cool. It sucked for it to happen in New York, but I'm glad it did because there were so many people there that I knew or knew me. Uh and it was like every time I saw somebody I knew, like I either would stop and say hello and talk and like really like have as some type of moment with them, you know? Um, and that, and, and it just turned out to, at least if I'm going to be out here doing this 26.2 miles and more than a uh, little over half of it or less than half of it was just, it was just, uh, wasn't, it wasn't ideal for me. Uh, I might as well like have some fun. And that was really cool. And if Kafuzi, if Mike, you, if you weren't like, running and filming at the same time and i didn't know like how your your videos play out i would have just stopped and talked to you because i really wanted to <laughs> but i'm like oh shoot he's running i guess i gotta be going here too you know and do like some cool stuff but like it was really cool it was a i mean oddly it was a really good day you know it sucked you know like ego wise it was like oh man i really wanted to go after this and it felt like i wasted some time in training but there's no waste you know um but i had a i had a good time I still ran a respectable time overall, you know, I guess. Um, but I had a blast, bro. Like, there's so many videos and pictures that people sent me of me, like, looking like I was alive still, even though I was dead inside. It was great. <laughs> I mean, you look good when I saw you. I saw you after, I think, where Peter was. And I was like, yeah. you're looking smooth. It just looked like you were no. cruising. So, no, no, no. So, here's how it really happened, Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't even know what mile point you were at. Well, where were you? Right about mile 19, right before the bridge. Okay, right before, yeah, right before that that other dumb bridge. And so <laughs> I saw I saw Drew, Drew from uh, from Wear Testers. And I like literally, like he was like cheering me on and like it looked like it was supposed to be a good video and you just, you know, pan past, you know. But then like I just stopped and started talking to him and then showed off my shoes a little bit, you know, had some fun. And he's like, yeah, I just saw, um, I just saw Ben Johnson, who was who actually who I was running with. Big, big shout out to Ben because he like locked in with me like mile one and a half or two. And then we ran together from like maybe two to like 17 right before. I saw like sort of almost 19, you know, and he he's a very, guy, he pointed at me and I, yeah. I was just like, you know, and I had met him at the new balance uh, shakeout. Right. And yep. so I, we were like, like you do it, you do it. And then I think you were like, but, but what about me? Like a little bit of love. And I'm yeah, like, hey. oh, sorry. Hey, give me some love here. But like he he was really cool because he's a really strong runner. His PR is like well under 240. And, you know, like I was like, you know what? I just it's really cool to run with somebody like that that kind of knows how to a little bit more about how to like kind of pace these things and slow down when they need to. So like he helped out a lot and I was just running with him and and um, I kind of like have a, a little insight onto how he runs so many good marathons because he's half the. 70 something percent of the time he's looking around at cameras you know to like every camera he sees whether it's like a grandma with a with an iphone 2 or like a professional photographer he's like pointing and looking and smiling and waving and he was just having so much fun like i'm like this is cool you know and so like even the rest of the way like i kind of took some of that like even though this isn't a good day i'm gonna smile i'm gonna wave i'm gonna say hello so it was just a really cool experience oh so i saw i saw drew he warned me though that you were ahead mike He's like, yeah. No, he didn't like. I don't Spotter. know. If he, I don't know. I don't know if he like warned me, but he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Mike's um, Mike's just down there. Plate. Mike's just down there, or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, and whip off your like, face, get all the salt off. You gotta look good. You know, you camera ready. Yeah. I literally said like, there's there's a video like uh, he sent me the video. It's I'm like literally saying he's uh, he's like yeah, Mike's up there, and I'm like oh okay, well let me make sure that I'm running well when I see him, and that was it. So like I couldn't like. <laughs> I couldn't be caught on on um on, on Mike on Kafuzi's runners weekend. You know, I can't be like I can't be out here like that. You know, <laughs> well, mission accomplished for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> does this mean though that we're gonna get a 2024 um, redemption tour again in New, in New York for you? Only yeah, get, only if there's t-shirts available. Yeah, I, I want to know. I still I like have, mine. I have the original t-shirt. You know, from the original redemption tour. I'd like to yeah. get. I mean, if there's another one, you know, I'm I'm down. 
Um, so like, I think we got to come up with a different name, you know, because <laughs> redemption tour two. Yeah, like more redempted. Like, we got to wait. So you know what? You know what? I'm gonna never do? stop redempting. <laughs> no, I think that it should be. I think it should be like world, like Tommy runs world tour or something like that. And go to a couple okay. places overseas and run some races. Kind of keep it positive, you know. Like the Redemption Tour okay. had like I had definitely had a chip <laughs> on my shoulder. I think the original okay. shirts of those that actually came with a, like a Lay's potato chip on the shoulder, but I kind of like broke <laughs> off every now and then. Um, but uh, yeah, I may be doing something, but I don't know if I ever have to run New York again. Okay. Oh, right. I'm saying that now. My legs, my legs still feel like I should never do that again. But I'm not sure, bro. Like. New York is way harder than Boston. Like, not oh. even the question. Not even the question. There's not even people a... People ask a, that a lot. Like, I think just because both can beat you up, but people are like, which is harder? And I'm like, oh, maybe well, you're I think mi that misunderstanding people, this. Like, yeah, people, New York yeah. is brutal. People like, uh, people, like, present or present Boston a little differently. Like, it's like you would think that it is... No shade to Boston. Uh, we're not going hmm. there. Um, but... You would people position it like it is the hardest one to do, you know, like to run. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah, and a difference. I think, yeah. yeah and I also, mean, weather has played a factor in Boston in a very dramatic way, which can lead to like, is this how hard is this marathon? Right. Um, Remember 2018, there's been some years have been so hot, people weren't prepared for it. It's like, hey, it was 30 degrees yesterday. Now it's 80. Like, what the hell's going on over here? Whereas, like, just from a course perspective, it seems like it's, it's like a complete no brainer when you're comparing the two. I will yeah. say, New York, it was, it was a very nice uh, spectating day. So, um, my friends, it also, I was, we were out there. Mike, curious your thoughts. I was out there for enough hours that it, it got warmer and then cooler again. Um, the, the cloud cover. So, mm -hmm. Tommy, right when guys who I trained for in your zone were really pushing the pace, the sun broke through, and I just saw a lot of suffering in that like eighteen to twenty-three range where it's like it's a little warmer than that. You know, post Halloween race that you would hope for but yeah it's, it wasn't maybe an excuse race like last year where you're just like what is this but it was uh, certainly not ideal i think yeah. for people that ran fast and started early it was not hot but mm. if you were like middle to end of wave two or behind that then i you got you spent a good amount of time from like the bronx on down being hot i think just being warm yeah, I, try, I tried to find as much shade as I could, and that was like another another like shout out to uh, to Ben. Like I think even like on Queensboro Bridge, um, you know, like I was kind of running maybe in the middle to left, you know, because I knew we we're getting off, you know, going to go left once we got over the the top. Um, and he's like, no, no, let's let's stay in this in the shade. And it was like, and I'm looking like I'm just gonna listen to him, but then I'm looking like I wouldn't have thought that because it was it wasn't direct sun for real, but it was like you could definitely feel the difference just by taking a few feet to like the right. And even on some of like the bigger roads when everyone was on the left, because like that's, that was probably more, maybe the, the cleaner path. We were like off into the shade and on the right, you know, by like, up. by like a lane almost, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't have thought that. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Sunday would have been even worse. Nah, who knows? Yeah. I'd love to get into a conversation about, Going after big time goals at races like this, especially when there's a lot going on, right? So you're going, even if like you're not working a shakeout, like like you guys are doing, if someone just wants to kind of imbibe everything that's happening over the course of the weekend, how that can dovetail either positively or negatively with trying to reach race time goals, right? Because Tommy, you've experienced this at Boston, at New York. There's a lot going on for you. And then how do you also make sure that on race day, you're mentally, physically, and emotionally prepared to lay it on the line as opposed to maybe doing a more local race where it really is just all about performance and these other elements, as great as they are, don't have any impact on, on the proceedings? I mean, for me, I think that, I mean, um, I'm not, I don't think that I did a lot this time. I mean, because I've done more, you know, on a, on a marathon weekend. Um, but I think that, I mean, New York's a t New York's kind of a tough one to to stay off your feet for. You know, like it's 
it's because it's so it's not like a Boston is is kind of like central. Like it's you can you can hit a couple shake, you know, even you can visit a couple shakeouts. I don't even have to run, and then you can see a couple pop ups, and then also get your bib within, you know, a quarter of a mile. It's all right there. Like New York's much different than that. Like you have to. There's a lot of walking involved and a lot of moving parts and a lot of planning that you need to go through. So. I think that like going into like if someone's like, hey, I'm going to run New York City next year and I want to go after it, I would definitely do a lot of plan- planning ahead of time um, and trying to like uh, consolidate things to if you want to do a c- certain couple of pop ups, do a few of them all in the same area, maybe one day and then do something different the next. But all that bouncing around subways and moving and all that stuff, it adds to the le- like to the the level of stress or like or mental capacity or whatever. Um, I'm not sure if it played a big role into like Sunday for me, but I guess who knows, you know what I mean? So I, I think if I was to go after it, like in a, in a destination race like this again, I probably would try my best to like have Friday be the day and that's it. Nothing Saturday, you know, just to give yourself some time to like really pull back. I'm going to flip that to a positive, which is as a fan, there's no better weekend. I just <laughs> wore running clothes. Running, running shoes, and I ran all over the city. They'd be like, someone would text me like, "Oh, I'm over." Not at the Expo. just I'm any like, running shoes, Peter. You had the best oh, no, running no. shoes. That, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Right, now they're out of me. Um, on on for the shake for the days leading up, I was just wearing my Asics Nimbus, which are just like the cushiest pad. And I would just be people would be like, "Oh, I'm over at the Expo." I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's like a 1.1 miles. I'll just jog over there." And then someone's like, "I'm gonna pop up," and you know, it was. And then you show up and you're a little sweaty and you're wearing running clothes, but you're showing up to a running event. So you're like, hey, these these people are excited to be someone dressed like this. So I I would encourage any fan to make the trip to New York for the whole weekend because it truly is. It's growing. Everyone's saying this, but it's growing every year. More more activities, more interesting panels, more um, like I I went to the expo. You know, I'm like, okay, I've probably seen these brands. And then I walk by, I'm like, Slow AF is here. Like Martinez is here. He had his mm-hmm. own pop up. I bought. I met him. Bought his book. And I'm like, that's like such a richer uh, stall at a expo than I'm, you know, used to buying like a metal holder or this or that. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty wonderful as a fan of the sport. But yeah, you could definitely overdo it and got to be strategic. Yeah, for sure. And Mike, you've done a million of these races as well. I mean, so what's been your experience with going to these races, these destination races, and being like, okay, I want to perform versus, hey, I'm here more for the experience of the of the weekend. Yeah, I the way I do it is I, I kind of pick one. It's hard to do. I think it's really hard to do both. And so, I mean, not that I'm like time trying to like hit any sort of crazy time standards or anything like that, but like. The last couple of Chicago's, I've been trying to do more and more events either that I'm putting on and also make sure that I'm visiting all the pop-ups and all my friends that are doing other events. And I made the decision. I'm like, well, I just won't run. I've tried running fast before in Chicago. I've had really great days, but I want to do all these other things. I kind of feel like it's, it's my home race. I want to be more of a host. And so like, I'm finding other ways to enjoy running Chicago. And, in, and then I think for at least a few years in the future i'm probably not going to run it i'll just be on the cheer squad and share everyone on and enjoy the race that way because like there's just a lot that's happening and it's so draining like even for new york i mean i was i had one event that i was like officially a part of and then another one that i was attached to but not as directly and then I just went to all these other events because I, I wanted to see Pioneers. I wanted to see Tracksmith, Bandit. I went to those pop-ups. And then I went plogging. And I, I wanted to see the New York Roadrunners um, space. I wanted to see the Adidas space. So, like, that took all day of every day. Like, I had one sit-down meal. The rest of the meals was, like, grabbing a burger or pizza and eating as I walked to somewhere else. And I was like Peter, where I was just wearing running clothes all day. And like I left at seven and I got back at 10 at night, you know, and like that was the day and it was great, but I was yeah. exhausted when I got back. I can't imagine racing on that too. And, and just to <laughs> call back to Peter, he was wearing the Alpha Flight 3s on race day. 
I just want no, to he say was that. Trying to, Peter, Were you really? Peter was to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, black, the black Alpha 5 3s. They yeah. almost looked like you could tell at first in some yeah. of the pictures, but like there they were. So he was running yeah. next to Tommy in his black Alpha 5 3s with his phone bouncing all around in his shorts, like the most casual guy <laughs> around. Tommy's just, just sitting there, like, all right. You got to bring all the firepower to cheer. Like, I'm not funny. I was like, can't mess around. <laughs> The funny part was like, I'm like, I saw you from a distance and I'm like, oh, that's definitely Peter. And I definitely looked at the shoes for a second, but I was just too like trying to like, you know, not to use too much energy. And then so after like, I'm like, oh, I got, we got, I got a picture. So I'm like, look, I zoom in immediately like, oh, this son of a gun, <laughs> you know, like he, he's just casually wearing the fastest shoes on the planet. Um, just and you thought you had a beat. You had you had the the the, the new version, New Balance, you know, V4 yeah. Racer. Yeah, like, no, Peter's out there. Just, just continuing to rip me. it. Had, had to one up me. Couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even let me have this moment, you know. But that's just fine. trying to fly under the radar. Just trying to fly. Under sure. The radar. I love it. Even, sure. even the color, even the colorway. I hadn't seen those in the wild yet. Oh man, uh, I didn't know there was a black one. I didn't well, know there was either. I do some testing, so we're just like, yeah. I want to talk about one of the most <laughs> intense conversations I had the entire weekend. No, can I say I, what I have to say about your blood? Yeah. No, you, I know you're trying to get out of this. I know you're trying. You're trying to change the subject. Trying. You're trying to change the subject. Hold on one second, though. First, I have seen those black ones before, but guess who I saw them on only? Other than Elliot. this guy. Yes. Okay. You can, you can move on now. Ellie Kipchoge and, and Peter. Go ahead. Never met him. He's my, he's my guy. Um, I got invited by someone I know at New Balance to the Friday event that you were on the panel. It was like, it was really nice to perfect timing. I walked in and pressed record and Tommy was speaking into the microphone and then um, got to see a bunch of friends that I'd you know met over the years and also meet some people that I sort of interacted with online, including Megan Murray, the two Megans. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I said to Megan in what I thought would be a, like a short, positive conversation, like, oh yeah, you know, I've gotten to run in the Alpha Fly 3. I think you're going to like it. I think it's a good shoe. And no joke, she pulled me in like a tractor beam and it's like, it was like a religious conversion. She's like, <laughs> I love the, and I've known this Mike, cause I've listened to your interviews with her. She goes, I love the one. I hate the hate two. The two. Hate How the am two. I going to like the three? And it was, I like, you know, when you go like, ha ha ha. Oh wow. She's not laughing. Um, uh, uh, I was like, no. well, you know, and I just start to pedal and I'm like, well, we all hit the ground differently. I think it's a much more approachable <laughs> shoe. <laughs> but, You're not saying like, any I'm, of the words she wants to hear. No, it's <laughs> not like, I'm to coming hear. to CIM. I might be able to get a pair. It's all gas, no brakes from uh, like, will. And I, I mean, I gave her everything I could. And I was like, and she was looking at me. And I, at some point just said, this feels like, a religious discussion where the nuances might seem like insignificant from afar, but once you get close to it, people are very passionate. And I'm just going to encourage you to try them. And I just kind of backed away. I was, yeah, you're I like the know. worst evangelist ever. They're looking for like, yeah, you she's spoke like, to God. Tell me about him. You're like, well, you know what? It was it was an interesting conversation. Yeah, a lot yeah. of context. I, I can't. I can't quite get into the whole thing. They're like, no. She just wants to know, like, is there magic in this shoe? No, but oh, I mean, honestly, though, like, I know that she loves the. Uh, she always races in the Alpha ones if she can, and gets a new. You know, tries to get a new one every time. Um, I have not have yet to run in the Alpha two ever. Um, huh. I didn't. I I liked the Alpha one like enough, but I didn't think that it was a. I, I was. I wasn't a Vaporfly guy. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see though, what, um, what the old air kips feel like too. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're bouncy. They'll be fun. Uh, one other thing about Megan that was amazing was I ran into a guy I used to work with at Nike and you know, it's kind of loud. And uh, so I'm like, Hey, I won't say his name, <laughs> Megan. This is a friend from Nike. He used to be at Nike. Um, I start turn and I'm talking to someone and apparently their conversation went like this. He's like, Oh yeah, Peter and I are best friends from back in the day. And how do you, and he's like, how do you know him? And Megan's like, oh, you know, we've never met in person, but I listened to his podcast and he goes, he has a podcast. <laughs> and she just couldn't stop dying. Like she was almost falling over laughing. She's like, 
look at you guys. You're such close friends. And, yeah, even such know. Close and I'm friends. like, uh, I was like, well, it's like, Megan, you're making a statement about the state of male friendship. Uh, <laughs> we can be close. He just doesn't <laughs> yeah, just never, never knows anything about me. You, Peter, so, Peter works in marketing as a profession and his best friends don't even know he has a podcast. He's really yeah. taking his work home with him. <laughs> really you're, na- you're, really, you're really nailing it. Um, so thanks for bringing up that panel, though. Did you did you know that it ended up in People magazine? Well, not maybe not the hard copy, but the, on the website Ooh. is on People magazine website. Well, I saw only because you reshared and it looked like yeah. a great spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't say anything about me other than my name and the fact that I was a a Detroit based uh, content creator. But that's fine. Y'all take that for sure. We'll take it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, congrats. I mean, it was it was cool to see different people up there, and um, you know. The I had a hilarious conversation with uh, Laura Green in a, waiting in line to get into the Bandit shop. She is such a kind person that she was waiting in line to get into Bandit, and then someone came out from the. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing out here? Like we've been waiting for you. She's like, well, I don't want to cut these nice people. Um, and Laura, being hilarious, was like, uh, we were discussing how some pros have a lot to say about their races, and some pros there's just not a lot to say. And Laura, in her animated way, goes enter influencers <laughs> that's why i'm here and then you know she was bopped around like documenting everything so it was awesome to meet people who i had um you know who i'd only interacted with online including i was told you guys i'd tell you this i was jogging the course on the side behind the fans and um it was maybe it was close to 4 p.m and i'm going through central park and i just run up on our friend Aaron Azar. And I'm like, well, what's up, Aaron? We've never met in person. And she's like, oh, hey. And so we're chatting. And then I turn. And, you know, we know if you follow Aaron, you know who at these events is going to be standing next to her. So this woman goes, hi, I'm Regan. And I'm like, oh, Regan, I know who you are. And she mm, yeah. is great. I kind of embarrassed her like a little bit. I got, you know, she's like, it's not about me. And I'm like, well, you stand right next to a, a very hilarious person all the time. So, like, we're going to know who you are. So I saw a lot of fun I, out there. I saw Aaron um, in Central Park the second go around, like the second time in in Central Park. So maybe around maybe 600 meters or something like that. By the way, I just want to make sure you guys had your attention. By the way, that at last 800 meters is literally, literally three miles. Can we, can we pull back? Yeah. Can we talk about that? For the fact that that is not a true 800 meters. It's impossible. I've never, it's never taken me 80 minutes to run 800 meters. (laughs) It does feel long and it is uphill the whole way. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not nice. It's not fun. Um, I saw like real life size, like New York rats were like, bro, don't go that way. (laughs) And and I'm like, well, I I guess I have to, you know, my mom's over here waiting. But so I saw Aaron like at maybe 600 meters and she just like randomly popped out of nowhere with a microphone. And she asked me, <laughs> she was just like, Tommy. And then so like, I like went towards her so I could like talk to her while I was running. And she's running next to me with a microphone. And then she, she was like something about Riz. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as like hip as like, as people may think that I am or whatever. So I'm like, what? And then she was like, charisma. I'm like, oh, and then she's like, you know, what's it like to have so much Riz, I think. Um, and then I might, I may have said, Sometimes it can be pretty heavy. Sometimes it's a burden, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to carry around so much of it. So I think that was, hopefully she doesn't use that as content because that was such a, an idiot thing to say with 600 meters. No, left. we need this. You this is like me? the best content coming out of New when York. When I chatted <laughs> with her at, when I chatted with her at mile 24, she goes, oh, we saw Tommy. He nailed his answer. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's already selling it. Uh, she's already telling oh, people no. how great it is. Okay. Matt, I, before we shift, I want to tell you that at the sh- big shakeout on Friday, I was standing amongst the crowd and I, I could kind of see Mike a-, a ways away. And then Tommy came in from inside and this just this very kind older man behind me turns to his friend and goes, ooh, that's Tommy Runs. He's a big deal. And I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my like, he's God, a great guy, man. too. He's a great guy. You're like, yeah, he's I know ba- that guy. He bears the burden of all that risk. <laughs> It's yeah, so, so much risk. So much risk. Mike, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I think you, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that you were there because we talked about it beforehand, was Ali Feller's show with mm-hmm. Ellie Kemper. And it was like, I've seen the videos and the pictures and following along on social media the whole time. 
I'd love to get a firsthand um, account of how that was. You know, everyone who listens to this probably listens to Allie's show as well and wishing her the best at all times and to see her out in force and so many people there. I'd love to get a recap of how that went because it really seemed like, besides the race itself, maybe one of the most remarkable things of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, let's make it about me first for a second, though. So yeah, I yeah. get the email from Allie because I'm on her email list. and not I didn't get like a personal email. I'm just like on the list. And so uh, it's saying like, you know, the live taping is going to happen. They're going to go on sale at this such and such time. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I've been trying to get tickets to an Alley Feller live taping for several marathons now. I'm going to make it happen. I set the alarm. I happen to be in the car at the time my alarm goes off. I'm like, what the heck is happening? What? Oh, yeah. Tickets. Pull the car over as I'm driving. And I'm like, you know, trying to hit the button to get the tickets right away. Um, even though I did that. All the seated tickets were sold out, and only all I could get was standing room only. And I was like, "That's fine. I'm gonna walk around. I'm gonna, you know, film and lurk in the background anyway, so I don't need to sit." But then I go to this event. It's at the Levon Center that New Balance had all their stuff in, like basically like a giant warehouse sized like club. That and she had the space filled with people, um, and the people that got the seated tickets. They all got to wear a special like Go Alley t-shirt all in all, all these red t-shirts. So everyone's in a sea of red t-shirts that say Go Alley on it. They're seated. The place is packed like front to back, um, standing room only. Um, and she comes out and she didn't know that the um, the whole shirt thing was going to happen. And so she's Whoa. like looking at a sea of red and everyone's got her name on on their shirt. And so she got emotional for that. And that was like a really cool thing to see. And it was amazing. Like her, her fans like absolutely love her. And, and, I mean, I totally get it. And it was just really cool to have that like really great energy. She's such a great steward of like New York City Marathon kind of spirit. Um, and like people just look up to her so much, and everyone was thrilled um, to be there. It was just really great energy. And for me, it was like kind of one of the first events that I went to for the entire weekend. So like a, a beautiful way to kind of kick off all the festivities for me. And it was star studded too. Like I saw Kira D'Amato there. Ellie Kemper was the guest that was on there. You know, um, Jess Movald did the intro. So it's just like, you know, you know, it was, it was incredible. And then like all my friends were there too. The believe in the run team was there. I saw a bunch of people, um, all the people that they brought, um, with them for the New York city marathon were there too. So it was just like, you know, like, uh, it's like a family reunion and like watching one of your friends, like do what she does at the top of her game, you know, in one of her biggest events of the year. It was just, it was really cool. Um, I was blown away, uh, at how awesome of an event it was. Energy was great. Um, and she performed really well. Uh, the interview was the conversation. I think the podcast went out today, but like, um, but the conversation was good and fun too. It was very inclusive and heartwarming and, you know, it was, um, you know, uh, classic alley as good as it gets. Yeah. When I was drinking some coffee and listening to the watching TV on Sunday in the lead up and they're like an alley feller over here. And I'm like, wait, what, what? Like, here we are. Um, so she was out at the start with the microphone, like doing a great job interviewing, <clears throat> you know, heads of officials at the race. And it was like, oh yeah, of course, like going to crush this. Yeah. And I think that because v listenership in podcasting is a black box, and even if there are rankings, no one knows like the actual listenership of each podcast unless you are the owner of that podcast and can see the behind data, see the data behind, um, you know, the the provider that you're using. Everyone knows that she has the most popular running podcast in the country and has had the most popular running podcast in the country for now five years straight. With that said, there's an enormous gulf between her listenership. And second place, like it is enormous in terms, of, like it's like the difference between like Elliot Kipchoge and Tommy Runs from a marathoning perspective in terms of pacing. And, and, like, and I'm is... not, and I'm not offended by my name being in that conversation at all. So, so when you see like, oh, she's on ESPN now, she's doing all this stuff. It's so it can seem like Peter you said you, it seems like a surprise at first because the podcasting experience from a listenership it feels like hey Allie feels like a close friend she's you know she shares her personal journey and it feels intimate because it feels like this one-on-one -on -one conversation just you your headphones and you're listening to Allie and 
that's the magic behind it. But at the same time, I think people understand how big, how big and popular Ali Felip is. And she is just one of the top three most popular running media members in the country. I would say at this point, like it, it, it's, it, she's right up there and it really is so great to see her having these kinds of opportunities because she's certainly earned it and has earned it for years on end. You know, I think the difference between the podcasting world and Mike's world and YouTube is, you know, we can all see the viewership. We can all see the subscribers. We can see how many, you know, how many downloads or views a video has had and things like that, which is really interesting. It can be really nice. Whereas with Ali, again, She's light years ahead of everybody else. It's not even close. So the fact that she gets this opportunity, uh, it's 100% earned. It should have probably happened years ago. And it's just so great to see because, again, she's there's no one on, on her level with this stuff. And, I mean, I'd like to add to that, too. I think that some of it, <clears throat> some of the thing is that kind of makes it not surprising, but it, you just have to kind of remind yourself of, like, like who she is and what she's been doing. Um, it's, like, because she's so nice, you know, and then she's just so – like like you said approachable like like a friend you know but then she's just so good at what she does but then also because she's so nice and because she's so likable it doesn't seem like that whole um like if you had to imagine who you think someone that has risen to where she is like you think she'd be different you know you think that she'd be maybe harder to work with or not as cool to be around um but i think that's part of like why she's you know risen so high is because of like the genuine, like kind and ambitious person that she is, you know, cause like, I don't, and when I, I had her on my show, she, I just, I was kind of like surprised too. Like, I mean, she's really ambitious and she wants to continue to do th do the things she's doing. And I feel like a lot of it is because she wants to like spread that joy and that energy that I don't think that a lot of running pack podcasts before her and around that time were really doing. So I think people feel very welcome and loved like in that whole space. Yeah, there's a moment where she was on TV and I'm like, I'm glad that our ambassador, I like sort of hold her as a we, like mm. trained herself in New York, you know, in the media scene, in the composure, because I almost would describe it as this coming together. Like we were for so many years used to as running fans, like the people on the broadcast will be professional broadcasters and they maybe have studied up to some degree on like what's going on today what is this about and then over the years they've like thrown a pro on a bike uh, on a motorcycle moped you know we could talk about that and you're starting to see then you know and then as we know from hearing the backstory of kara's experience des's experience like you start to be like okay this person has graduated into being able to be essentially learn the cues of how it all works and Allie's like oh i'm a podcaster but i also know how this works largely and is it, i'm able to learn on the fly uh, over the years so it's just yeah it's cool to see um and it maybe it's there's that like oh this person's talented and then you get to see like all the nuances of like it's like a sports star you're like uh that that pass is really hard to hit like that's an elite level pass um so working those finish lines for years has probably helped her like really settle into like how to throw it around. And um, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, we always joke about all the different global feed us feed, but like when she's, she's down at the Boston marathon finish line, interviewing a pro who just won, who, you know, English is their second language. I've seen her do that. And you're like, okay, this is a certain style of like, professionalism versus then mm -hmm. you have Robin Roberts up on, you know, Verrazano bridge. And she's trying to be, it's just, we go on forever, but like a lot of different ways of playing the game. Yeah. No question about it. And it really is. Again, it's just so, it's just so great to see for sure. So with that being said, Mike and Peter, we talked on the preview episode about the, um, the finish line experience, kind of like the, the end of the day finish line experience. You guys had talked about how you were really excited to witness that in person, that you had both looked forward to it. I know it's, it's hard to be there for the entire entity, you know, the entire um, time and, and go right to the end of the day. Uh, with that said, I'd love to hear more about that because I know you were so looking forward to it. And it seemed like you had positive experiences, both of you, you know, witnessing uh, some of the, the, the final finishers. Yeah. So Tommy, where were you? Uh, Mike, where were you? Standing. I was right at the finish. Um, nice. uh, we got there a little bit before eight and we stayed for maybe we didn't stay all the way to the end. We were there for a little more than an hour. Um, I, 
my understanding was that they were going to like shut it down at eight. So we got there like seven 30 maybe, but that I was very wrong. Um, eight is when it turns into like nighttime, like mode, you know? Mm. And so like, then they start the live feed and like they started passing out glow sticks and like light up clappers and like all sorts of stuff. It got super fun there. And then like, um, they kind of didn't care as much if you started wandering behind the finish line and all that kind of thing. And so like it, the, the vibe was incredible. Um, seeing everyone come through was, uh, very inspiring. They had an MC, they had music. Um, and then, you know, I ran into a lot more friends there too, you know? Um, wow. so like that, that was also fun. And like, I think that that was, I only know about, I only knew about it because of like the coverage that both Ali and Aaron, both of the people who we talked about today, showed or told us all not just me but like you know they put out content about it and i was like oh that's something i want to experience and so so that's something i took away from last year and so i made it there this year and i'm definitely glad i did and i think it's something that anytime i'm in new york for the marathon it's something i'll definitely go check out again yeah it was awesome we um a bunch of the brooklyn track club members that i know said let's go down to south central park so that's just maybe half mile, three quarters of a mile to go. Um, so you're on the street, which is its own scene. Um, I will say, like, I think that there are still a lot of friend, fans out there for the, the early afternoon into the evening. You know, like I was walking around four or five o'clock. So some of those people could be running, depending on when they start, four, five, six hours. Um, but yeah, once the sun had set and I went into a friend's hotel room just to kick my feet up and try to, rest for a second and we came back at seven and it was just like a party um and we you know we kind of look around at the cops and are like we're gonna <laughs> climb through the fence and get on to, like there isn't a mass there is not a human you know flow of people there's like one at a time so then we moved into the street i posted some of these on my instagram stories and like I was, I was feeling so old. I'm like, thank God, like these portable speakers are loud now. Cause we, there was nothing else <laughs> around aside from like one of our beats pills that was just bumping um, from the guys who were from Brooklyn track club. And yeah, we're just, they have a lot of confetti cannons. I mean, such beautiful New York. They brought a whole, like, I don't know, two, three dozen confetti cannons for this seven to 8 PM hour. And Within the 90 minutes we were there, we shot them all off. People are going crazy, really appreciating it. And the street sweepers came through and cleaned it all up. So you turn around, you're like, who would have even known we were here? Um, but sure enough, I mean, you think when the when they're breaking down the barriers, we're probably done. Nope, here come some people with bibs. Like when the street sweepers come, we're probably done. Nope, they come. And what was kind of cool, I noticed, you know, everyone who's there who has family member in town to cheer like we'll come out on course, family's out on course and they'll meet you at the finish. But if you're coming in at 8 PM, there was a lot of people walking with their family. There was a lot of people like leaning on their family member. Cause like stuff's starting to lock up and they're like looking for that, you know, physical support. So it was fun. We made cheer tunnels like that they ran through. And um, I would say some of, some of the people we were like, some people were very into it, like extremely hyped and dancing around, giving us hugs. And some people, I think, we were almost breaking them from the bubble of like dark solitude that they were in because they had been going alone in the darkness for a while. So I, they were almost like, I don't know if they're embarrassed, but they're like, Whoa, Oh, okay. Like you guys are at a very different level than we're at. Um, and it's like you're saying, Tommy, it's at the central park South area. It's still unclear how much for, it looks like you have a long way to go. Uh, when you were saying how long the finish was, I was thinking about how Boston is like that really long straight finish. Mm -hmm. And yeah, new york bends and turns and you're just like yeah. so these people were not i think they've been having people say you're almost there for about three hours <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's so brutal that's, that's so if, brutal. if one thing i have to say about marathon oh. running in like the in like the in the crowds and such if you could just never say you're almost there you know just it's just yeah. not a thing that you got to say you know what i mean i think somebody somebody yelled out on the course all right, let's go 10.5. <laughs> and I'm like, I like looked down at my watch and it was like, number one, my, my watch said, my watch said like 10.7. So I'm like, oh, there goes the day. I'm already overrunning the course, you know? Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. I did say, I tried to do this on Fifth Avenue. I tried to like break it down. I was at 
23 and a half. And I would say like, you're almost to the top of this godforsaken hill. Um, because people, if you want to see inside of people's souls, just go midway up fifth Ave and they're just <laughs> like, this is awful. Um, I mean, if there's any piece of advice I could impart to the next 2024 New York city marathon run runners, it's take fifth Avenue super seriously. Um, because it was tough at 20 mile, 23.5. No one's casually experiencing mile 23.5, <laughs> right? You are, you're in some sort of way, whether you're having the best day of your life, the worst day, or like somewhere in between, like, I feel like at that point, your feelings about the experience are pretty much baked in, right? There's nothing, there's not going to be a whole lot that's going to really change at that point. Unless like you get like run over by a Grubhub driver or something along the course. And honestly, My and friend? honestly, oh. if, if, if a Grubhub driver ran me over at 23.5, that would have made the day so much better. So I think that like at 23.5, I think you're already, I don't think whether you're having the time of your life or the worst day of your life, I think everyone at that point is feeling the exact same thing. If I could just make it through this, I'll, God, I'll never do it again. I'll, you know, like, I won't lie. I won't steal. And like, you're like promising all these things that you'll probably do right after you finish the marathon. Um, but at one point though, like going through like certain of the neighborhoods where people were cutting through, I actually was like, I could probably flop and make it look yeah. like Ooh. someone tripped me, you know, and then I could just call it a day. Shout out to yeah. the Amazon delivery guys and the pizza delivery guys. They're there still, like, still time working. it, time it, go. And they just uh, <laughs> bolt. I forget where I was, but it was right in like the heart of like four hour pace group. And so like probably like the busiest like pack of people you can imagine. And I'm trying to cross the street and I see someone on a scooter trying to like a delivery person trying to cross the street. And I'm like, you know, they're they're moving at a pace where if you just start inching your scooter across, they will go around you. And that's how you can go. And she's like, for real? I'm like, watch. And I just start walking across the street and I'm not cutting anyone off. No one's like, no one's like, Hey, we're running here. You know, I'm, I know, I know how to get across a, a race. And I'm like, so come on. And she looks at me and she's like, no, 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 I don't think so. And instead what she does mm -hmm. is she waits, 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 and then guns it. And I was like, no, no. that's, that's a way, that's a way to do it. I'm like, Oh no, she's going to take somebody out. Yeah. <laughs> she made it. She made it. Oh. She knows what she knows she was doing. <laughs> that's why they hire the pros to new york <laughs> oh man such a fun weekend but just so many orders of magnitude matt, i mean matt i was telling a friend of mine's wife who was there cheering i was like you know if you go to the houston marathon it seems big and it's almost half the size of this event so like i mean yeah. this is the biggest marathon in the world right just from in terms of just, the amount of runners which I think it was then, over fifty thousand finishers this year right there was like 500 dnfs i think i saw in the stats i was like yeah only 500 that, i couldn't believe that, it yeah Sorry, it's I like a 99.5% finisher rate. I was blown away. I would have expected it was not a perfect weather day. Like people go, I was just like, you could definitely have some people drop, but nope. Reed Fisher saw him out there. He's a DNF. <laughs> no. That's right. I saw him at the it finish was... line. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to blow up your spot, wow. Reed. I, no, I saw him at the finish line. Reed Fisher got him in a 49 of this podcast, catching strays out of nowhere. <laughs> No, you know what? He was at the, he was at the final finishers though. I saw him at the, at yeah. the finish line. I, I, I chatted with him for a bit. So it was, I mean, he, had, he didn't have a day he wanted, but you know, he was still out there cheering for people. Peter, I can't so believe you blew up his spot like that. The video of you like giving him, <laughs> yeah. saying his name, he looks right at you, gives you a thumbs up. Like you're like the only spectator on the course. And then this is how you welcome <laughs> no, him. No, no, Reed and I are like kind of, we, Reed and I are acquaintance friends. He, um, I was definitely cheering, but even the way he gave me that thumbs up at eight, uh, I was like, he seems a little not engaged with that lead pack up there. And then, yeah, like Mike said, at the end of the night, we're just screaming our faces off at all these people coming through at 840. And this guy in like a slick black jacket is walking down the street. And I'm like, Reed, you should try one of these sometime. <laughs> you can take as much time as you want. You can <laughs> like... walk it in if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait like, you have an important race in 89 days definitely yeah. don't walk it in like yeah yeah you have a career to find <laughs> yeah. an opportunity yeah, I, thought, I, I thought about that i thought about that though like because there was a, there was like many times where i was just like you know what like no one would care if i just dnf this but then and then afterwards you like hear about like pros dropping and i'm like thinking like you know why don't they just finish but it's just such a different world for them like it, it makes more sense for them to like, this isn't the day I want to have, you know, 
you know, almost like I got, I'm, I'm pulling the plug in, unless there's like, I'm not racing for another year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I they got to decisions. The New York city contracts are from what I've heard are drawn up in such a way that like finish. getting to halfway, getting to the finish and then finishing within a time band oh. means some real money. So it's like, you got, you got, you have to really yeah. clear your eyes about your goals. Well, this is fun guys. Such that a fun sense. weekend. All right. Tommy's got a bail. He's got a real job. We, we record this in the middle of the day. So he's got a real job. He has to go to. Um, we'll probably record another episode later in the week, probably talking about the professional side of this. Right. So get Laura on here to make sure that she can weigh in. The the women's pacing, I think, was it was a real big talking point during the race because we had some of the best runners in the world. Like the, the, the five, six, seven have runners in the world competing and kind of took it out kind of almost like an Olympic 1500 meter race, like chill, chill. Right. And we'd heard on the broadcast so many times, you know, Carrie basically saying like, Hey, these people are just, this is a Sunday jog pace for them. Right. And that was not derogatory. It was like, Hey, that's just their level of, of, of that's just their level of fitness. This is what they're able to produce, right. Running at a, a two thirty marathon pace for them is like, you know, between 10 and 15 minutes slower than what they probably could have done on that day and it was interesting to see the back and forth i can't wait to have laura on here to talk about how she viewed it from afar and as someone who's able to watch the broadcast the whole time like you guys had an awesome in-person experience obviously that doesn't lend itself to like dialing in what happened at the front of the field but laura was able to watch it and i can't wait to get her her views cool. on that with that said is there anything about the top of the field Mike and Peter that you would want to bring up or discuss or talk through that you either were able to see firsthand or kind of caught up with after the fact. One thing that I noticed the entire time is that Latensbet Gaday was just lurking. She was like she was like an alligator waiting in the swamp. Like she was ready to pounce the entire time that I saw her. She was just um waiting for that moment and that's I was like she's just hanging out back there. Uh, what's going on? I'm like, what's going on? Oh, something's going to happen later. And so that was really fascinating to see how that played out. And then the dynamics of how the men's pack started stringing out relatively quickly versus the women's pack running much more um, strategically the whole time. That's what, like, that was very apparent um, from the sidelines for me. Yeah, I mostly missed it. So I'm just hearing the recaps. I was out there. On, I saw them go by in a, a few packs, but I uh, couldn't really intake much of the the drama um, of how it all played out. But there's New York is always like that. There's a lot of different ways. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Many years ago, there was a man from uh, South Africa who used to come off the Queensboro Bridge, like throw his beanie, because again, it used to be colder on race day, throw his beanie and just haul and just like break the race wide open. And I saw him, I'm so sad I'm forgetting his name. I saw him at a, at the London Marathon years ago, and I walked up and I said, "Hey, I just want to say thank you. Like, I love how you race. I love how you break it open." And he was like, "Oh, thank you so much. I'm not sure if it's the smartest way, but it's the way I love to go. <laughs> so that's how I will continue to race." Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of different ways. Running New York is hard enough, letting let alone trying to think about how to strategically break it open and gap people and, and beat people. So it's fun to hear. Laura and Kara's perspective on those things. I just tried to quickly Google beanie throwing New York City marathon runner, <laughs> and, and nothing, thing. nothing comes up. Just one of <laughs> okay, uh, I'll look them up. People wondering about like real time fact checking. I tried; it wasn't there, people. And I, we're not going to sit here and wait twenty minutes while we try to find this person. This is probably a very famous runner on Google as we go through this. Um, yeah, I guess last thing because watching elite performers of any stripe and really any endeavor very close up can be an eye-opening experience, right? People talk all the time about, you know, sitting next, sitting on a piano bench next to someone who's like an elite pianist watching, you know, professional basketball player or really, again, just witnessing excellence very close up is a very different thing than seeing it on television. I know Peter, you've had a chance to run with some of the best runners in the world as part of the Powerman Track Club. So you've been able to experience this on a daily basis sometimes throughout your life. Mike, what was it like for you either at New York or at other points where you've been able to witness these folks, you know, at the top of their powers so close up? What is that experience like? Because that is something that I've never experienced. It is literally breathtaking because I try to, you know, film them and run alongside them. 
and I have to sprint as fast as I can sprint. Last year at Houston, I'm watching Connor Mance go by in the Houston half. And like, I, like it went from, oh, he's like 20 meters out. I'll just start running fast now. And the next thing I know, I'm turning around and he's already like by me. And so like, there's like, like how fast, how long could you keep up with Connor Mance? Zero. That's how yeah. much I can keep up with Connor Mance. Like I, like my, like thing that I'm trying to convey in all my videos is just how fast is this? And it's faster in real life than whatever I'm able to show. Like, and watching Tola run through the course was like absolutely breathtaking how fast it is. It's basically any normal humans full out sprint. That's how, that's what it feels like. Even when people do like, Oh, I'm going to do like this treadmill, like world record challenge. Like that doesn't you know, like get like, go out there on your track and run that speed. And Ooh. like, you can get a real sense of just how fast and how far that is. Like the treadmill that also is just feels artificial and doesn't really convey like how incredibly fast these people are. It's just breathtaking. And just the stride, right? It's not just the speed with which they're running, witnessing the stride and the power that can come off of it. Right. Cause it's not, you're not only experiencing, I would assume again, cause I, I brought this up because I haven't experienced it, but I've seen other athletes in you know, up close is that it's not just the, the energy coming off of them. It's almost like the potential energy that you know, that is still in there that like they're holding back. Cause they're like this powerful stride that, you know, is still at that for them, like still 85% full gas. And you're like, it just, it's, it's, it must just be so strange. It's just it remarkable. It's like the best thing I can compare it to is like, take a Ferrari and put it on the highway at 80 miles an hour fine take like the cheapest economy car put it at 80 miles an hour it's rattling the mirrors are about to fall off and like the wheels are shaking right that's what you're like if someone's watching me do what i do that's like what you see you see like the ferrari in second and then me i'm redlining and like the wheels are about to fall off you know like it's it's just like people are like oh well you could keep up with them I'm like yeah for 12 seconds and then i need about two minutes to rest because and you're a sub I'm, three hour yeah. marathon. Like you're not like this, like, Hey, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. just do videos for a living. And occasionally I hop onto a marathon course. Like you're an excellent runner. They're, they're, they're that good. It's, it's just really that they're that good. I mean, the thing I was saying to Tommy out there when he was struggling a little bit was like, just remember you can slow down a little bit. You can find your stride. And like, we all will support each other regardless. But like the idea of doing marathoning and then just dolloping on top it being your job and this is your profession so i mean it that is so much intensity i like often blows my mind when i think about it and then slightly behind those guys uh, some of the guys i uh used to run with who have gotten better and better got invited to the back of the pro field and so i saw a lot of men i have met before in a pack rolling through brooklyn and I mean, the stress on their faces, because they're like, if I get dropped from this pack, like, you know, I'm all alone. I'm just going to like the race is over. And I've said to people, I'd love to finish top 20. And, it, you know, they probably put out goals. It's a and there's just the logistics of how they do the start. They're all alone. It's going to be like going from being together and being like, I can do this. Maybe I can do this, which is not a very. um it's the opposite of what we always say, like check in with yourself, check in with your breathing, find that rhythm that works for you. They're like probably telling themselves like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then boom, they're out the back. And then suddenly, I mean, you, a lot of these guys, I know men and women, they'll post like Sydney DeVore. She posted a photo. Like she seemed to have a pretty good race. It was a slower race altogether, but man, it's just her and like the expanses of the avenues all alone, you know, because she is like, once she gets dropped, it's like, it's hard to run um, in isolation like that. So, and they're flying. And she was right? 12th overall woman. Yeah. Like yeah, she, so. she wasn't like, you know, hundredth and just kind of in no woman's land. Like she was 12th and she yeah. was still again, like all alone. No, she so ran by herself York. for like 18 miles. Like <sighs> when I saw her in Brooklyn, she was by herself already. You know, yeah. it was, it's, a, it's incredible. She had a great day. She still ran really well. And like the, yeah, I mean, I always think of it as like, it's brutal, but that is, it's a, it's in keeping with New York city, you know, like nothing about New York is like, Oh, maybe just try your hardest. You'll be fine. It's like, no, we have the preeminent everything. And someone who's ready to replace you. If you do not perform, it's like, yeah, here we go. And, no. and, and this doesn't have to be like a full 10 minute segment, but it must be such an odd experience to be 
at a place with so many spectators mm. and yet be the yet be running alone right like i've run alone so have you guys at like lower key races whether they're marathons even some 5ks i feel like i'm running alone if it's like local enough and maybe there's only 150 people there like but just the dichotomy of like wow like these streets are lined the whole way minus the bridges and yet i'm just out here by myself the whole time it must be such an odd dichotomy yeah and i think also they make they for speaking for the guys they can make 505 pace look like very casual so it's like why is that guy just running down the street alone and you're like he's actually running like 212 pace you know like, <laughs> <laughs> like but he just it, i mean he has an efficient stride he like he makes it Stand within himself, you're like, oh, it's so brutal. So, yeah, when Tola bolts off the front, you're like, oh, I feel bad for this guy in second. You're like, well, don't feel horrible. He's running 206. Like, <laughs> that's for nuts. sure. All right, Mike, Peter, I'm so glad you had such a great time in New York. We lost Tommy already. He was going to his, his real job. I know he uh, didn't have the day he wanted, but still seemed like he had a wonderful weekend. That is for sure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you ran, the New York City Marathon. We hope you had a great day. That is for sure. We'll be back later in the week, hopefully, to do a little bit more of a professional uh, racing recap. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and happy running.